Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Amen. You may be seated. Adrian, you forgot to say what happens to all those kids that make noise and jump up and down and come up on stage. They end up being our musicians. <laughs> and that's fine. We're comfortable with that. <laughs> We've got to start young. Bring them in and, uh, yeah. Home is home and when kids are home they can, they know that they belong and that's what we do want. Our kids belong here um, and I, yeah, we don't ever want to change that because uh, a home is a place where you feel comfortable. I was reading the other day there was this keynote speaker that was in such a hurry to get to a venue that uh, he arrived and sat down at the head table and he suddenly realised that he'd forgotten his dentures. <laughs> so, turning to the man next to him, he whispered, I forgot my teeth. The man said, look, no problem. Uh, with that, he reached into his briefcase and pulled out a pair of dentures. Try these. He tried, and the speaker tried them. Too loose. man dug in again and pulled out another set. <laughs> said, try these ones. Speaker tried them, too tight. Man didn't seem to be taken back. He dug in a bit deeper in the briefcase. Here, I have a pair. Try those ones. A speaker smiled. They fit perfectly. He ate his meal and gave his speech without any further trouble. After the event concluded, the speaker went over to him and thanked the benefactor for returning the spare parts. I want to thank you for coming to my rescue. Where's your office? I've been looking for a really good dentist. Oh, I'm not a dentist, he replied. I'm the local funeral <laughs> parlour attendant. <laughs> if you've got dentures, don't forget them. <laughs> uh, the last few weeks we've had some absolutely amazing messages. I mean, I go back through the podcast from time to time and there's not one message where I don't walk out with something pulling at my heartstrings with reminders throughout the week saying, oh yeah, did you hear that on Sunday? And that's all part of being changed by the word of God. And uh, Pastor Steve spoke about the armour. Pastor Kylie spoke about a good soldier. You know, last week, Ashley spoke about um, our thinking. All of those great messages. Because what we're doing is we're taking the word of God and we need to put it deep into our spirit. It needs to be part of who we are because we're all spiritual beings. And so this morning, I want to unpack one of the scriptures out of John and just let the Holy Spirit speak to you as I unpack it. Just as he spoke to me as I was unpacking it. And I'd go back and it takes me usually a couple of weeks to get a message together and I go back each morning. And it's funny that I get to unpack it during the night. While I'm sleeping, I go back through the points I've already made and the Holy Spirit says, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? And he can do that with each one of you this morning. 
I might say one thing, but to you it might mean something different. And that's fine because the scripture is so deep that each one of us get what we need at the right time. You know, the only time I ever don't get anything out of scripture is when I go in with the wrong attitude. The word of God's right, but my attitude at times might need some readjustment. And it's the times when I go in with the wrong attitude that I need the most readjustment. (laughs) That's okay. So I want to look at um, John 1, verses 35 to 51. I've called the message, Look. Verse 35, this is out of the Passion Translation. The very next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. As Jesus was walking right past them, John, gazing up upon him, pointed to Jesus and said, Look, there's God's Lamb. And as soon as John's two disciples heard this, they immediately left John and began to follow a short distance behind Jesus. Then Jesus turned around and saw they were following him and asked, What do you want? They responded, Rabbi, which means master, teacher, where are you staying? Jesus answered, Come and discover for yourself. So they went with him and saw where he was staying. And since it was late in the afternoon, they spent the rest of the day with Jesus. One of the two disciples who heard John's word and began to follow Jesus was a man named Andrew. He went and found his brother, Simon, and told him, We have found the anointed one, which has translated the Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet him. When Jesus gazed upon Andrew's brother, he prophesied to him, You are Simon, and your father's name is John, but from now on you will be called Cephas, which means Peter, the rock. So let's unpack that this morning and um, have a look at some of the points that, uh, yeah, I believe are quite important. The very next day, John was there again. The very next day. So John was in the habit of baptising people. He kept saying, I'm not the Messiah, but someone's going to come. So he kept going back the next day, the next day. And he had two disciples with him when Jesus walked past. And as Jesus walked past, John says, look, there's God's lamb. Look, there's God's lamb. And as soon as John's disciples heard this, they immediately left John and began to follow a short distance behind. What's your reaction when people leave you and go after someone else? really gets you to check your motives. And I know that there's been many an occasion with my businesses where people have said we're leaving. And you find out that they're going to join the opposition. Not only are they going to join the opposition, but they take all your intellectual property with them. And I know that it's times like that that I've had to really stop And check my spirit and say, God, if that's where they're meant to be, bless them. And that's been really hard. It's been really hard. And 
Yeah, I got that from Bill Johnson where he says he prays for people that oppose him. And it just made such an impact on my life that I thought, okay, if he can do it, I've got to do it. Do I like it? Not necessarily. Does it become easier? It has. It has. And there are particular times when I'm doing stuff and these people are brought to my mind and I just say, Lord, bless them. Lord, bring them into your kingdom. Lord, we want to prosper their family, prosper their businesses because I don't want to be the one that's got the bitterness. It takes time, though. But Jesus was walking right past them and John recognised Jesus. How did he recognise Jesus? Well, Scripture says that it was his cousin, but then we don't know from Scripture what interaction they actually had. But what had happened the day before was he'd seen the Spirit come down upon him in the shape of a dove, in the form of a dove. I wonder if it was the same dove that Noah let out of the ark way back in the flood that had been flying through eternity and landed on Jesus because there's no time in the spirit. I don't know. I just thought I'd throw that in. Something to think about. But it was the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit. It landed in the form of a dove. And so John recognised Jesus and he said, Look, look, turn your eyes, look in that direction. Interesting little quote out of uh, Charles Spurgeon's autobiography. He says, The preacher was sick and an elderly man in the congregation stood up to take the service and preached from John 1.35. My dear friends, this is a very simple text indeed. It says, look. Now look and don't take a deal of pain. It ain't lifting your foot or your finger. It is just look. Well, a man needn't go to college to learn to look. You can be the biggest fool and you can look. A man didn't be worth a thousand a year to be able to look. Anyone can look. Even a child can look. Then he pointed out that the text says, look unto me, not to yourself. He went on about ten minutes or so telling everyone who Christ was uh, that they were in, to look to. He seemed to be at the end of his tether when he looked directly at young Spurgeon and said, young man... You look very miserable and you always will be miserable. Miserable in life and miserable in death if you don't obey my text. But if you obey now, this moment, you will be saved. Then he shouted, young man, look to Jesus Christ. Look, look, look. You have nothing to do but to look and live. Spurgeon said that he'd been waiting to do 50 things. But that word, look, cleared away the clouds. He looked to Christ and the boy who was, would go on to become the greatest preacher of the 19th century was saved. Simple look. You know, unfortunately, sometimes we look to the wrong things, including ourselves. 
You know the trouble with self-made men? They tend to worship their creator or who they think their creator is. Look, look to Jesus. He went on to say, the Lamb of God. Jesus is the Lamb of God. He is the only Lamb of God. Before that, the Jewish custom had a whole heap of lambs that were killed every day to atone for sins, to atone for a whole range of things. There is no other of God. Jesus bears our sins. He is the Lamb of God. He's the gift to us. You know, as Christians, we are sinners in the sight of a holy God. And good works are not going to atone for our sins. We can't work our way into heaven. We need a saviour. And as we found out at communion, Jesus is our saviour. He made a way for us to go directly into the holy of holies. The temple, the, the curtain in the temple was split, as Pastor Kylie said. The earth shook. The dead raised. All of those because of what Jesus did, the Lamb of God. You know, God didn't sacrifice Jesus if there was another way. If people could earn their way into heaven, he wouldn't, we wouldn't have needed Jesus. But we couldn't do that. So Jesus came so that we could be saved. You know, today we need to look to that Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. Last week, Ashley asked the question, can I be fixed? He answered yes. And I just want to reiterate, the yes is by the Lamb of God. We have been fixed. We don't have to carry anything anymore. We don't have to worry about that sin that so easily entangles. We go to the Lamb of God. The price has been paid. Now we need to walk it out. John 1.37 says, And as soon as John's two disciples heard this, they immediately left John and began to follow a short distance behind. Immediately. Immediately. The psychologist, Tori Higgins, and their colleagues suggest that we have two complementary motivational systems, a thinking system and a doing system. And we're generally only capable of using one at a time. You either think or you do. Now you can think and then do. But like so many people with regrets, they think and they think and they think. And ten years later they're still thinking and then they've got regrets. They said, I should have. We don't need that. If you tend to focus more on your thinking system, you'll get caught up in a life of inaction. This is what the psychologists are saying. What you want is progress in life and career, and that can only manifest itself through actions. So you read the word of God, it speaks to your spirit, what are you going to do about it? Is it going to manifest itself in love? Because that's the action. Next time you're put to the test, 
What do I do? Next time that thought comes, you've got control over it. What do I do? I take it captive, I line it up with the Word of God, and I act. I act. I act in love. You've got a choice. Stephen Pressfield writes, Don't think, act. We can always revise and revisit once we've acted. But we can accomplish nothing until we act. Dale Carnegie says, Inaction breeds stout and fear. Action breeds confidence and courage. If you want to conquer fear, do not sit home and think about it. Go out and get busy. Get into it. So immediately, something to think about. What makes you act immediately? When do you act immediately? For whom do you act immediately? It's interesting in a crisis. I recall 20 years ago when we were in YWAM, um, I came up over a ridge and there was one of our buses hard up against a tree. The driver, I don't know what had happened. Everyone was sitting around wondering what to do. It happened about 15 minutes. Um, I came in, I wasn't long in the Lord at that stage, and I came in and I just said, guys, get the other buses and start ferrying all these kids, get them back to their accommodation. I just acted. I wasn't going to sit around and what are we going to do? The bus is damaged. We'll sort that out later. But so many people just sit there. Someone gets injured. What do you do? Are you the kind of person that faints when you're side of blood? <laughs> What's your immediate? What's your immediate when the Holy Spirit speaks to you? And I've got one that just stands out in my mind. Uh, Lauren Cunningham came to Mildura in 1995. And there was a big gathering at uh, Number One Oval. Quite a large, all the stands were full and he was preaching. Um, and he uh, made a call to missions. And I felt the Holy Spirit just pull and pull. And it was an immediate. It was one of those immediates. Well, life's been interesting ever since. We've been to America, we've been all over the world, but it was only because of that immediate. What do you do? You see, in the Old Testament, we don't hear a lot of immediates, but in the New Testament, it appears 51 times. Matthew 4.20, immediately they dropped their nets, left everything behind and followed Jesus. Matthew 8, 15, the moment Jesus touched her hand, she was healed. Immediately she got up and began to make dinner for them. That was Peter's uh, mother. Matthew 9, 7, immediately the man sprang to his feet and left for home. So with Jesus, there's plenty of immediates. Matthew 9, 9, Jesus calls Matthew to follow him. As Jesus left Capernaum, he came upon a tax-collecting station where a traitorous Jew was busy at his work collecting taxes for the Jew, uh, Romans. His name was Matthew. 
Come follow me, Jesus said. Immediately, Matthew jumped up and followed him. A traitorous, traitorous, traitorous Jew. What a great you know, description. Wow. But he followed immediately, and we now have the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew 1.18, immediately they dropped their nets and left everything to follow Jesus. Mark 9.15, the crowd was astonished to see Jesus himself walking towards them, so immediately they ran towards him. So it's not just individuals, it's the whole crowd. Mark 6.51, then he came close and climbed into the boat with them and immediately the stormy winds became still. The elements... When Jesus speaks, the elements immediately do what he says. John 6.41, when the Jews who were hostile to Jesus heard him say, I'm the bread that comes down from heaven, they immediately began to complain. The Pharisees were immediately offended and said, you're just boasting about yourself. So if you're for Jesus, your immediate is to go towards him. If you're against him, your immediate is to walk away. So you'll get that from time to time. People will hear the word and they'll just walk away. That's fine. Are we going to follow the Lamb? Because when we look at that passage, as we unpack it, we find that Jesus brought change. Sin has changed. They repented and went towards him. Healing occurred. Life restored. Yeah? That's our Jesus. So it's our choice. We can go with him, accept what he says, or we can be offended by the word. It's usually a wake-up call. Yeah? If you're offended by the word, then get back into it. You need to look at your life. I've had to look at my life over and over. Let's keep going. Then Jesus turned around and saw that they were following him and asked, what do you want? This is the first recorded saying or the first recorded words in John, spoken words of Jesus. What do you want? This is a question that he asks us every time we come to him. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want this morning? You're here in church, you came to church, is it routine? What do you want? Do you want to hear the word of God? Do you want to take it on board? Do you want it to change your life? Did you come because you needed healing? That's quite okay. Jesus is asking you the question, what do you want? Every morning, if you spend time with him, he'll ask you, what do you want today? Do you want an answer to prayer? Or do you just want to hang out? You just want to hang out. There are people you probably enjoy just hanging out with. You don't have to say much. When you're with them, you just, you just know. You're comfortable. You've got a relationship. Yeah? Their answer is quite interesting because it shows you the depth and the quality of the people. They responded, Rabbi which means master or teacher, where are you staying? They honoured him from the first moment they met him. 
they honoured him. Rabbi is an honorary term in the Jewish language. Jesus as a rabbi, they saw him as a teacher. They didn't know him, but they honoured him right from the start. Why? I believe it was because their spirit was connecting to his spirit. They could sense the spirit of truth. And they wanted to follow. They'd been following John. They were John's disciples. So they were hungry for the spirit. Their spirit was yearning for something. Your spirit is yearning for something. My spirit is yearning for something. Every spirit on earth is yearning for something. And that something is Jesus. But if we go after the wrong things, then we'll never be satisfied. Because Jesus, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is the only one that can satisfy us. Every day, if we go to Jesus, he will teach us. He is our teacher. Pastor Stephen's been talking to us about Matthew 5, 6 and 7. You could spend eternity just going through 5, 6 and 7, the depth of what's in those. You you could spend a year just on the Sermon on the Mount, going through it over and over again, allowing the Holy Spirit. Our teacher will provide us with revelation. He'll provide us with revelation. But his answer was even better. Come and discover for yourself. And that's what he's saying to us. Come and discover for yourself. It's an invitation for us to come to him. You see, I can give you my testimony, but you will get your own revelation. And testimony is very important. Revelation says they overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the blood of Jesus, what Jesus has done, and the word of their testimony. So your testimony is important, but you'll only have a testimony after you get a revelation. There'll be no testimony without revelation because you'll forget it, it won't be real to you. Once it's real to you, then that becomes your testimony. And Jesus invited us right through scripture. Matthew 9, 4.19, Jesus called to them and said, Come and follow me and I will transform you into men who catch people. Matthew 11.28 says, Are you weary carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me and I will refresh your life for I am your oasis. I am your oasis. I know I forget that from time to time when I get weary and heavy laden and things are on my mind. That's when I need Jesus the most and that's where I have that tendency to go off and try and do things myself rather than stop and say, hang on, I need to recharge. I need to recharge. Matthew fourteen twenty nine. come and join me, Jesus replied. So Peter stepped out of the water and began to walk on it. Everything is possible with God. You can walk on water if he calls you to do that. Don't try if he doesn't. It's simple as that. Luke 5.32, I've not come to call the righteous, but to call those who fail to measure up 
and bring them to repentance. So he adjusts, adjusts our belief system. Luke 8.21, Jesus told them, those who come to listen to me are like my mother and brothers. They're the ones who long to hear and to put God's work into practice. Thought, action, word of God provides you with both. And John 6.35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Come every day to me and you will never be hungry. Believe in me and you will never be thirsty. Come every day. Every means all. The day you don't go will be the day that you get hungry. So we need to do that. Believe in him. We need to spend word, spend time in the word of God. We need to know Jesus. Relationships take time. And if you're going to maintain relationships, you need to take time. 43 years of marriage. And there's been some tough times and there's been some great times and there's been some difficult times. And if we didn't sit down and talk about it and spend time with one another, it would have been very easy in difficult times to walk away. But that was never an option. Because the word of God when we got married said, until death do you part. That was our promise. And certainly back in our time, divorce was never even considered. It was, I mean, it was a word. And I recall my father one day saying, but how come people get divorced? We were just debating. And I said, well, that's because man makes their own choice. The word of God is quite clear. Now, it's also quite clear that if things aren't working out and there's, there are reasons, but if you want a relationship, you've got to work at it. And it's no different with Jesus. He's waiting, but are you going to get that relationship? You're working on it. Verse 40 says, One of the two who heard that John... Uh, what John said, and as a result followed Jesus, was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first looked for and found his own brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah, which translates to the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. In the Old Testament, the anointed anointing was used for kings, for high priests, for the patriarchs. But in the New Testament, Christ is the Messiah. Jesus is the promised deliverer. To be anointed is to be set apart, empowered or protected. Jesus is set apart. He is empowered and he is the one that protects us. So Jesus, the anointed one, his anointing was an oil that they used and uh, Recently, when we were in Dubai, we actually went to the perfume markets and we found this tiny little stall out the back of nowhere and they had all the oils, the Middle Eastern oils. And we bought some pure oils that came across and the fragrance from them is extremely strong. It's very, very attractive. And that's what the anointing oil does. The anointing on Jesus attracts it attracts us. 
So we've got the choice, you know, do we want to come to the anointed one? He attracted Andrew and then Andrew calls his brother. It's interesting that if you go through scripture, Andrew is the one that brings people to Jesus. One at a time, but he keeps bringing people to Jesus. So we could take a leaf out of his book. Final point I want to make is that Jesus is the authoritative Lord who changes people for his sovereign purpose. 142. Andrew found his own brother Simon and brought him to Jesus. Then we read, Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. Peter is the Greek word for rock. Jesus has authority over people He has the power to change them into what he wants them to be. He can use them. Once he's changed you, he can use you for his sovereign purpose. So he's got that authority. But can you imagine, you've met someone for the first time. You don't know who this person is. And he says to you, Joel, you're no longer Joel. I'm going to call you Simon. Why? Because I need you to listen. Simon means listen. Never met the guy and here he is changing his name, changing his identity. It would have been a little bit unnerving. And we look at it now... We say, oh, yep, it was great. But Jesus knew from the start. You are Simon, you shall be called Peter. Got it? End of story. We're not debating this. Oh, but could it be? No, it's Simon, it's Peter, that's it. Why? Because Jesus needed someone to launch his church. And this person, I believe, had it in his DNA, in his spiritual DNA, right from the word go. Jesus knew what was in Peter because he'd put it in there. Now, Peter had to accept it. And we're no different. We are no different. Jesus has put skills, abilities, talents into you. What is he calling you? What does he need you to do so that he can launch you into your ministry for his purpose? Not for your purpose, for his purpose. You can find that out by spending time with Jesus. You know, when we look at that scripture in John, it all started with a couple of disciples that were someone else. It started with a couple of guys that were just hungry. Their spirit was yearning. It started with Andrew, and we believe the other disciple is John, who acted immediately. They didn't hold back. They didn't think about it. Oh, what if? What if? And as I was reading through this, I I thought of the rich young man. And Jesus said, 
he says to Jesus, what do I need to do to be saved? And Jesus said, follow the law and the prophets. And he said, I'm doing that. What else? Give up everything you've got and come and follow me. And he hesitated. There was no immediate when I went back to that passage. He thought about it and he's thinking, oh, what's it going to cost me? What's it going to cost me? And he walked away. I wonder if he would have been another disciple. I wonder if he would have been in scriptures for other reasons. I wonder if he would have been part of Acts and seen the church grow. We don't know that. But we do know that he walked away. And we've got to make that decision. You see, all of these people recognised Jesus as their saviour. They got excited about Jesus. They told everyone about Jesus. But they only did it through relationship. And that's what we need to look at. What's our relationship with Jesus? So this morning, I want to leave you with a thought. What are you going to do? You're going to spend more time? You're going to hang out a bit more with Jesus. You're going to get into his word. You're going to allow the Holy Spirit to talk to you. Because Ephesians 3, 17 says that the word of God may dwell in your heart through faith. And the only way you're going to get that is through spending time with Jesus. Relationships take time. They take effort. They're not always easy. Sometimes they get messy. But after 43 years, I can say they're worth it. They're well and truly worth it. And you know what? It gets better as it gets older and longer. Uh, Thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, as we go from here, I just pray that you'll quicken it to our spirit. We won't walk out the way we walked in. And Lord, we will act on your word. There will be some immediates in our life. We won't just think about it. We'll act upon it. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for joining today. It would be so awesome to see you at church this Sunday. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.